Does the day you were born impact whether you're a great leader? Can astrology unlock the pathway to leadership success? Hi, I'm Josephine Corcoran, holistic career coach and astrologer, and my podcast, Astrology for Leaders, Aligning Your Career to Your Purpose, is where we'll find out. I've been an executive coach for over 20 years, facilitating and training leaders to achieve professional and personal goals and practicing astrology for the last 15 years. I also appreciate the profound impact of connecting leaders to their unique astrological blueprint to give them access to their leadership abilities around governing, strategy, communication, relating, driving and empathy. Over the coming weeks, I'll be interviewing leaders using their birth chart as a lens to explore how they've harnessed their strengths, overcome challenges and found meaning in their work. My desire in sharing these accomplished leaders' stories is to demonstrate the extraordinary benefit of understanding your unique astrological blueprint to enable you to work in a way that is equally impactful and fulfilling, and to learn a few interesting facts along the way. Today, I'm so very grateful to have professional psychologist, media personality, and co-host of the New Conversations podcast, Human Cogs, here with me today to explore her birth chart and how aspects of it have played out in her life. Sabina Reid, thank you so much for joining me today. Great to be here, Josephine, and I'm really looking forward to our chat because it taps into so many parts of not only my life, but so many others that I know will be listening with interest. Oh, that's wonderful. So for those of you who are listening out there and interested in looking up Sabina's chart, she was born on the 10th of July in 1971 at 8.57pm in London in the UK. So to just kick off today, Sabina, I was really interested in starting with what your perspective on why you believe it's so important for everyone to step into their leadership qualities today. I think that even in answering that question, Josephine, we need to have some sense of what we mean by leadership. I think that word's um, often misused and misunderstood. Sometimes we perceive leadership pertains to um, structure in an organisation or how many people report to us. And I like to think of leadership as a far more broader construct that relates to the individual. So how we lead ourselves, how we lead in the world, how we lead um, with really any other humans that we come into contact with. And so um, you're asking me about why leadership's important. I think based on that interpretation of leadership, how could it not be? Because it really impacts the, the way we choose to think, feel and behave in our lives and the way we impact those around us. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you if I tried. Yeah, <laughs> Essentially, we all need to embrace leadership. Yeah, as, a, and as a quality that we all own and have within us. Yes, I think it's a slippery slope if we think that leadership is the domain of um, people in highfalutin jobs or who are paid a certain salary. And I think when we do that, we actually abdicate um, our own insights and strengths and abilities in the leadership space, thinking it belongs to other people and not us. So, um, I think perhaps if we shifted our, our definition and the way we relate to leadership in our own lives, we wouldn't even have to answer the question, how is it important? Because it would permeate every part of what we do. Yeah, beautifully summed up. So 
moving on to the astrological component of things, have you have you always believed in the stars or did having your natal chart change that for you somehow? And if so, how? Oh, well, I mean, I, I think it's okay to, to declare to the listeners that you and I go back a long way as very close and dear friends. And um, so you know, <laughs> others won't, that... Um, <laughs> When I was 17, when we met at university in college life, um, I think I might have even introduced you to Linda Goodman's love signs. I'm looking at it on my bookshelves as I speak. Um, <laughs> however, you have far, far, far surpassed me in the uh, astrological world. For me, it was a bit of a giggle, to be honest, as a teenager trying to work out how, who might be a good um, man to, to date. And at the time I was told I should be looking for a Scorpio. And so the day that I met you was the day I met my husband in 1989. And lo and behold, he is a Scorpio. Um, So (laughs) that's kind of a a lighthearted lens on what astrology meant to me back in the day. I don't embed it deeply in my my world, but you, Josephine, have... um, taught me a lot about the the power of astrology and what it is not i think there is a lot of misconceptions about astrological um knowledge and the rigor behind it and i'll let me say what landed deepest for me in some of the conversations we've had over the years and this is really simple but it might resonate with your listeners as well i remember when you said something about um if the moon has the power to shift the tides every day and the tides are just water being pulled to and fro in, in patterns because of what's happening astrologically, then why would humans on the planet be any different? And I just think that's a really simple premise to, to digest and to, to reflect on. So that's what I've taken <laughs> as um, uh you know, the potential power that astrology can have in your life and in, and in, in your, personally and professionally. Yeah, lovely. The simple things make it easiest to understand, right? <laughs> yes. And sometimes <laughs> that's it. I mean, when you're really passionate about something or you're an expert in your field, you can talk about something and assume that everyone's on the same page. And of course, they're not always. That's one of the things I know as a psychologist, I, I, I really make an effort to translate often quite complex, um, you know, and rigorous research in just interesting and entertaining sound bites. And I think that's, that's what we need. And, and that's what you're doing astrologically is you're making it translatable and applicable and accessible to um, every one of us. Yeah. yeah. And then exploring its lens as an opportunity to understand our own unique leadership qualities and bring Mm. those unique qualities to bear in their fullness. Mm -hmm. So why don't we take a bit of a deep dive into your chart and I'll try and keep it in layman's language because we're going to have different types of people listening and keen to hear your view on how this all lands for you. But I just wanted to share that Sabina has her son in cancer, which is a water sign. It's very emotional it's very sensitive it's very nurturing and it's very caring in terms of its energy and the part of the chart that it's located in is the part that connects into her being very interested in relationships and the one-to-one dynamic between two people Uh, and the fact that this particular that her son which is her leadership quality and that's what an innate 
driver within her, connects up to the part of the chart known as the midheaven, which really influences, or that's what we look at to examine career and the sorts of things we do in career. And her midheaven's ruled by Scorpio, which is also a water sign. But Scorpio's interested in going deep, seeking out the truth and transformation. And so just starting with that pattern in your work and how those kind those concepts of nurturing and caring and relationships and transformation and doing that out in the world, how do you relate to that? Well, first of all, I feel the need to just give a little, not, it's not a disclaimer, but it's what being a psychologist means to me and how it's manifested in, in my life professionally, because I think it speaks to what, what question you're asking here. I think a lot of people think that a psychologist is someone who sits on a um, couch and explores the inner child of the, of the person in front of them, well, rather that the person in front of them is on a couch, I should say. And yes, I do do private practice. I do have a private practice and I do see clients one-on-one -on -one, and that's one of the things you're tapping into with my chart. But I also um, do a lot of work at in other domains, including um, in the media, in radio and, and television. And I work with corporates and organisations and groups and as a speaker and as a facilitator. So I do dance between this one-on-one -on -one and the, the broader uh, and different, um, okay, different reach, I guess, to some of the um, stakeholders and clients that I work with. And you are talking about the one-on-one -on -one relationship piece. And I, I think relationships underpin every facet of our lives. Um, mm -hmm. Esther Perel, who's a woman that I have great, the psychotherapist who I have great respect for, says that the quality of our relationships determines the quality of our lives. And mm -hmm. I think that's just so true. And I'm not just talking about our romantic or intimate one-on-one -on -one and relationships with a partner or in marriage. Um, every relationship that we have with others, every one-on-one -on -one relationship that we have with others impacts the way we see ourselves, impacts the way we see our, um, the world, each other. Um, and in a way, it's, it's the one-on-one -on -one relationships with others that holds a mirror up to ourselves. So that, that relationship um, piece in, in, in my um, reading, is or in my chart is um, very loud for me, but not literally only because of one-on-one -on -one clinical work that I do, but in the in the times that I sit or stand or be <laughs> or dance or whatever it is with one-on-one -on -one with other humans. Um, I'm very present. I think when I'm with, particularly in my clinical work, I feel really present in that space, and it's like the world around me just disappears and the person who's in front of me mm. is where my attention and focus is. And um, I guess I'm not ashamed to say, because I think one of the things I'm really passionate about is normalizing our flaws and our fragilities and our wounds, that I don't always pride myself on my level of being present like that with my family, with my teenage daughters or my husband, um, or even my, my closest, dearest friends. So there's something about that, that clinical work or my, my work as a psychologist where I really tap into that um, 
the strength and the capacity and the potency of that one-on-one -on -one relationship. And then what was the other thing you were asking about? I think you pretty well covered all of those. The transformation component, really, that, that, that desire to dig deep. And I think you've encapsulated that yeah. beautifully. There's another yeah. part of your chart that feeds into your career as well, which is the fact that your uh, ascendant, which is your identity, and how, you know, how people meet you, your, the first impression that you create, you've got it in the sign of Capricorn, which is that very grounded, very practical, very focused on getting results kind of energy. And it's also brings through an, a quality of committing to something over the long term. And we were talking about this earlier, but I just thought I'd get you to reflect on how your ability to be able to work towards something over the long term has served you mm, thus far okay. in your career yeah okay i love that because i do think in in long term and um i'm not in a hurry to get to the finish line but i'm determined to, to get i don't even mm. think in terms of finish lines in fact i think um as ongoing journeys and a continual um evolution and, and growth instead of arriving at some point and then setting another finish line and arriving at that. I don't think in, in terms of that. However, I guess a good example of that would be that um, I started my career in public relations and communications, and that was the first degree that I did. When I left school, I was really interested in psychology, but I decided that I didn't want to listen to people's problems all day. I literally said that at 17 to my mother. And... Um, <laughs> and and I went off and studied communications because I had some preconceived idea about psychology being uh, in uh, through a very negative and medical model sort of skew of trying to fix the broken, which didn't resonate with me. And back in the 80s, um, there was no positive psychology. So I didn't know another way to, to explore psychology without it being in that more medically model um, negative you know, skew. Mm -hmm. um, so I went off and worked in, in comms. And then after sort of maybe um, doing a degree and working for almost 10 years, I decided that I did want to circle back and, and study psychology. And so for anyone who's um, psychologically trained, they'll know that it's six years full-time study. So it's not something that you just go and do a short course in and sort of think I'm going to hang a shingle on my door. So that required a lot of um, commitment and focus and follow through and, um, that didn't throw me. I just felt that um, these are hoops I need to jump through. And I have mentored many early career psychologists and people who are even studying psychology and they'll talk about the stats and the rats and how unapplied it is and how dry. And I couldn't agree with them more. Um, but I just felt that I need to jump through these hoops because I know that it's important to me to have that qualification to do the work that I want to do in a meaningful way, one-on-one -on -one and also at this, you know, greater reach and group settings. Mm. What, what's actually, it's interesting because what you've just described about um, the commitment to something over the long term and it's not something you go into lightly, it, it draws me to another part of your chart where there's almost like a calibration that has to go on within you on an ongoing basis. There's a, there's a thing called, there's an aspect in your chart, there's an opposition where the ruling planet of your ascendant, which is Saturn, which brings in that ability to be structured and to commit and to be responsible. Saturn's located in the part of your chart connected to family. So there's a very strong, grounded, practical, responsible there's a, there's a deep sense of responsibility you feel innately towards that family unit in your life. And that is actually opposing the part of your chart, which actually, which embraces your desire for imagination and creativity, 
and going out into the world and exploring and also going out into the world and, you know, being involved in transforming others. So there's this seesaw component, which, you know, we could argue that everybody deals with the work-life balance component, no question about that. But there is definitely a duality that you have to calibrate daily and feel deeply commitment on both sides. And one sort of more the serious responsible and the other's a little bit more light and playful and creative. So how has that how has that worked for you? Um, so I've heard two things in what you've just said then. One, as you say, which is pretty universal, is that tug of war between responsibility and time allocated and given and not allocated and given sounds a bit clinical, but spent with family um, versus the work that I want to do. And I think, you know, particularly for those people who are listening, parents who are listening with younger children, that's a, that's a complex stage to be in. My kids are now 17 and 19. My youngest is going to finish school this year. So um, I have a sense, uh, and it's not that once your kids finish school, you just fly free, but I do have a sense that I've perhaps consciously sort of attended. I think we make choices. I've made choices that have um, tweaked in my career because of family, and I'm pleased that I have and I'm proud that I have. But developmentally, as their needs and my needs shift over time, I'm, I'm excited also to expand further into taking more risks, to stretching myself, to um, trial and error, because I feel the freedom to do that at this point in time. And you also, in, in my, you know, developmentally in my life, and you also talked about the um, seriousness and the creative. And I think I, I very much identify to those, those two parts of me. I, I, one of my favourite sayings is we're all made up of parts. And it's something we hear people say. I hear people in my work saying all the time, a part of me such and such, but another part of me such and such something else. Mm -hmm. So we hear these internal tug of wars with all of the parts that we're mm -hmm. made up of. And um, from an identity perspective, I think a lot of people expect a psychologist in some way should be sort of serious or um, pious or authoritarian, all-knowing, knowledgeable, wise, elder. I don't know what people have this idea. But when I'm sort of, you know, making um, jokes or dropping F-bombs, which I do in my work as well as my personal <laughs> life, I, I think that shows an extension of the different parts of me. I'm not serious I'm all the time. I've got a very sort of playful and um, joyous and silly side. And I don't park that and I don't want to park that because of the title or the profession or the perception of what that, um, that, that profession stands for. And, and what I've seen is, is that really... Um, resonates with people often the feedback I get when I after particularly doing you know sort of my public work in you know tv or radios people say you seem so normal you're so relatable you're so accessible um, I, I would like to spend more time talking to you about some things going on in my life because I didn't really know what a psychologist was like well I don't know what a psychologist <laughs> is like either but um, I know the kind of human I want to be in the world and I know the kind of humans I like to hang out uh, in the world with so I don't I don't want to box myself to, mm. to be one or the other it's these these parts of me that can be very intimate and very serious and and very present and um and truly interested in in deep impact and other parts of me that just want to have a good time and literally sing and dance 
<laughs> and hallelujah <laughs> to all of that. <laughs> oh, and, and, you know, and I think that just even talks more to the importance of bringing all aspects of self to the modern day leader, that we can move out of any traditional classification of a leadership box or paradigm and embrace all of who we are and attract like-minded people to, to collaborate with and to do work with together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I did also want to finally just tap into this part of your chart that's very connected to your purpose and why you're here. And in astrological terms, you have got what's called a mystic rectangle, which is a really lovely gift that you bring into the world. And in your case, it combines your North Node. And the North Node in astrology is very much taken from Vedic astrology and the North Node connects into our purpose and what brings us meaning and what it is that we're moving towards how the kind of evolution that we're here to um, embody and just in summary there's there's four parts to this but very quickly you've got the moon in Aquarius which brings through this desire and thirst for knowledge and to be independent and to be able to be innovative and to be involved with groups and to network and that sits right next to the node, the North Node, which is your purpose is being very much involved with groups and sharing knowledge on the airwaves of all different shapes and sizes. And then that's also connected in with your South Node in Leo, which has this love of being um, an entertainer and talking and having fun. And then again, it's connected to Uranus in Libra in the eighth house. So there's this ability to have these insights and this intuition that just comes in and helps you unpack people's subconscious, helps them um, connect in with the deeper parts of themselves. And then finally, it's connected in with Chiron, which is the wounded healer in your chart in the second house. So where people have maybe suffered some kind of self-worth issues, or they've they've sort of lost a sense of who who I am in the world, you're able to combine your knowledge your fun joy de vie way of being, your ability to relate and intuitively know where to travel to help them understand who they are, and then finally be able to heal their wound. Oh. I mean, what a beautiful <laughs> gift and what a beautiful purpose. Well, that is, um, you know, I guess if anyone had any doubts about the potency of one's natal chart, that does, when I hear you saying that, Josephine, it is those four parts that I do resonate with uh, that, that, yeah, they ring deeply and truly for me. And you talk about the wounded healer part. I believe that every single one of us has wounds. I talk about the wounds that we carry all the time. That doesn't make us flawed or broken or different to the person next to us. Every human bleeds in one of the things I've gleaned over decades as a psychologist is that we actually all bleed in so many ways that are the same. And one of the things I'm particularly passionate about is normalizing that because I think when we make sense or recognize that the wounds we carry are those carried in, in others, then it kind of gives us permission, not necessarily to heal them. I'm not even sure. I never want to, I, I always say to people, it's not about fixing or curing. That's the medical model alignment that doesn't resonate with me. It's just about recognizing talking about exploring there's some level of acceptance but there's still some parts of us that don't sit easy and that's fine as well um so that that wounded healer self-worth piece is is um 
pretty loud for me in all the work that I do. It's one of the reasons I do dance on, metaphorically that is, on a more public um, stage because I think with that reach, you, you help people who you wouldn't reach otherwise in a one-on-one -on -one capacity. And I think I've said to you before, Joseph, and I often describe my work in a Rubik's Cube way, and the Rubik's Cube had three levels up and three levels out, you know, the, the, the um, puzzle that we all, it was crazy popular in the 80s and 90s, I think, probably the 80s, actually. And I think of my work as having this um, depth and breadth and that I move between these sort of three levels up and three levels out of depth and breadth between intimate one-on-one -on -one work between maybe facilitating a group of hundreds or maybe a thousand people and to the reach of media where I have potentially reached millions in some of the work that I've done um, and or at least hundreds of thousands and that's the reach bit and then the depth bit sort of mirrors that as well so some of it's um, really deep work some of it's not as deep work and some of it's not deep at all but you never know the impact of work even non-deep work and I know in my weekly radio job that people will often email me afterwards, strangers um, from my work on 3AW and say what you said really resonated. Well, I'm never going to meet them or they want more information. I don't know them. I'm not going to see them clinically or professionally, but something that was said or exchanged um, landed for them. And I always say as a psychologist and as a human, when people say I've never thought about something that way before, I know that, um, something something amazing's happened because we've shifted the way people think and that's really what we're all looking for is is um ways new and and innovative and refreshing ways to see ourselves and see the world around us in in a way that feels better for us yeah beautifully articulated i love that i love that about the the rubik's cube and the different layers of impact and you yeah. just never know which layer is going to have the, the greatest impact and don't think that it has to be deep to be powerful is probably yes. the main yes. message you're sharing uh, there. Yes, well, that I love this traversing between the levels. One is not better or worse than the other. And, I, and for me personally, I don't want to sit in one of those levels. Mm -hmm. And the variety of my work kind of reflect, is reflected in that Rubik's Cube, anal cube analogy that I have in my head. Um, I'm the um, resident psychologist and ambassador for SEEK and they are so much more than a job board. They're all about bringing the whole person um, to, to uh, they're combining the idea of our whole person and our career and you can't artificially delineate those two things. So I love that work and the reach is great. I got an email from someone in South Africa the other day just asking about some of some of the things I've done with Seek that he follows and reads my blogs and you know videos and things so who knows who knows where you impact people um mm. yeah and 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 I you know that fills me up no end oh <laughs> and as the world continues to embrace technology more and more daily that reach only is getting stronger and stronger yeah. every day yeah yeah, yeah. It, is. it is so in terms of a couple of last quick questions. Wanted to just ask you this one to loop back to the astrology piece, but how do you think astrology can help people unlock their pathway potentially to leadership success? Mm -hmm. um, I guess I believe that there are so many tools out there, so many, yes, so many disciplines and tools that we can tap into. And in some ways, actually the tool or the disciplines 
not the most important thing. What is important is that it resonates with you, that it makes sense to you and that you are able to use it as a catalyst, perhaps in the ha- with someone who's, who's got insights and expertise in that area who can, can help cultivate conversation and dialogue and reflections that you haven't had before. So um, why, not, why, why not let your natal chart be one of those tools in your kit if you're able to find someone who can articulately and um, from an educated perspective walk you through that. Mm, beautiful. So <clears throat> what can listeners look out for next? from Sabina Reid on your very <laughs> busy schedule. Lockdown has not stopped you. In fact, well, it seems like it's ramped you up. <laughs> yeah, I would say that something about the intersection of my work, you might tell me this has got to do with the stars, but something around um, my speaking work, my psychological knowledge and expertise and um, uh I guess the media work that I do as well is just a perfect storm at the moment. I'm being inundated by, um, with organisations who are looking for support through webinars and podcasts um, for their staff and their stakeholders. So I'm doing a lot of that work at the moment, which is really gratifying and really interesting to work with um, internal internal sort of comms and, and the well-being of, of um, employees for organizations Amazing. and I've also recently as you mentioned started uh, my own uh, podcast called Human Cogs which I'm co-hosting and they are really pretty intimate conversations with a whole range of people we're calling them conversations with extraordinary ordinaries and um, I guess I see extraordinary ordinaries at every turn and really in every human. So that's a pretty powerful experience. And if anyone's interested in knowing more to hop on um, our website, humancogs.com, or you can learn more about me at sabinareidpsychology.com.au or follow on you know, all the socials, including Insta. Again, Sabina Reid, read like read a book. Sabina. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining me today. That was such a rich, lovely conversation, exploring your chart and hearing more about the work that you do, what really inspires you and what you're passionate about. So thank you so much. Yeah, and let me just finish also by saying that your passion and your commitment to your craft is second to none. And so if anyone is interested and there might be people I know you'll have some diehard converts who are listening to your podcast but then I'm sure will be others who are thinking what's this about and does this make any sense to me at all and um, just to keep an open mind and know that with Josephine um, you know you really do combine not just a passion but this deep level of expertise and also your combined knowledge as a um, long-term career coach as well so um, get on board peeps that's my message (laughs) (laughs) thanks Sabina talk to you soon bye bye I really hope you enjoyed today's episode if you'd like to know more about me I invite you to check out my website josephinecorcoran.com it provides information on how I work with both individuals and organizations to support them to create sustainable change in their roles as leaders and in their workplaces 
You can also follow me on Facebook at Josephine Corcoran Holistic Career Coach and Instagram at josephine.corcoran. Love to connect with you on all those places. So thanks again for listening and I look forward to seeing you at our next podcast, Astrology for Leaders. Let the stars guide you to align your career to your purpose.